Welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Mandy from Sylvan Lake, Alberta. Mandy is a teacher and entrepreneur who will be set up to work out of her schoolie when it is complete. Mandy speaks Japanese and has extensively traveled around the world. Mandy is an inspiration as her and her husband are teaching themselves how to build a schoolie from scratch. Grab a warm beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This time I have a special guest coming in from Alberta. And uh, Mandy, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Mandy. Um, I'm 29 years old. I am a teacher in Alberta and, yeah, got a schoolie. Now, you aren't in the traditional school system. What do you do for teaching? Yeah, so I graduated um, from University of Alberta at the exact wrong moment where um, schooling budgets got slashed and hiring was frozen everywhere. And I just struggled just doing whatever kind of job I could find for a while. And then COVID hit and that made things way worse for job prospects. And I knew I wanted a schoolie for a long time and was looking into that. And then I was like, you know, if I want to do a schoolie, I have to have an online business, something I can do on the road. I don't want to be locked in one location. So I decided to start my own company and see if I could do that. So I started my own um, online Japanese language school with my husband. And that's been going really, really well. I'm like doing better than I would have if I had been hired as a teacher. So that worked out. Very cool. And have you spent time in Japan before? Yeah, I lived in Japan from when I was 20 to like 25. Um, my husband is Japanese. He moved here so that I could finish Canadian university. And um, yeah. Very cool. And did you, so yeah, you didn't make that move from Japan to Canada during COVID? No, no. no it was like three years ago we moved back. Well, and uh, where are you folks living now? Uh, so right now we're in Sylvan Lake. Um, it's where I have some friends um, and some support systems to kind of help us out as we are not very handy people. We never even owned power tools or used a power tool before we got our bus. So we are trying to yeah get as much help as we can from people we know in Sylvan Lake. Thank you. So the business that you've created, what's the name of the, uh, the language school that you have? It's called Pon Pon Japanese School. All right. So what are some of the skills that uh, you and your husband have that you have in your back pocket that you're bringing with you to the building of the schoolie? <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Um, we just really, really wanted to do it, did a lot of research, had a lot of doubts about our abilities to do it, um, but ultimately just decided that, you know, it doesn't take a specific special kind of person to be able to learn anything. Everyone can learn everything and with the Internet available and um, people we know available, it's totally possible to learn all the skills we need on the way. That's that's kind of been our idea. So, and that's proven to be true. We didn't know anything about anything, nothing about mechanical, um, anything with the bus and how to build things. And we've just YouTubed our way, asked friends are on the way and things are turning out really well. You are one brave soul, the two of you <laughs> actually, for taking that on. Wow. Yeah. Had to redo a lot of things a few times where like, you know, we're like, oh, that's not how you do that. But, you know, just reasonable expectations and just keep going without stopping. And yeah. Now, are you the type of person that 
you know, you would set projects out for yourself to, to complete them usually. Is that kind of who you are? Totally. Yeah. No, I set a goal and then I just do it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely like that kind of person. And 29. Wow. Do you know anybody else in that age bracket around you that is uh, doing this kind of work? Like schooly like work, like building? Yeah. I, I honestly don't know any other person. Like the only person I've ever met that has a schoolie um, was also on this podcast. Her name is Trisha. Um, when I first got my schoolie, I was just trying to get rid of some of the um, uh, seats and overhead bins and stuff. So I put an ad on on Facebook and she said, hey, I have a schoolie. I want your overhead bins. And she came for like an hour one day and took them and we chatted. But that's it. That's the only interaction I've ever had with another schoolie owner. Wow. And I believe she moved to British Columbia. Yeah, I think so. So tell us a little bit about your schoolie. Yeah, um, like I looked for a schoolie for a really, really long time. Um, found one in BC in Nelson. Um, drove up there, looked at it, didn't really know what I was looking at. Um, but it had, it was from like a, a driving school. Um, and they were using it to transport workers to a job that job didn't exist anymore and it had all of its you know tickets and inspections and everything up to date so that was really big for me because I don't really know what I'm looking at mechanically um and then the guy who was selling it he wasn't a personal owner or anything he just didn't need this bus anymore because there was no people to transport anymore so I felt good about that you know that he was being honest and everything so I took it it is a strange bus i've never heard of the mix that it is from anyone else but um it's a mercedes 906 engine it's a 2005 engine but the bus is a 2007 so it's a mix of a different bus with a different engine i guess um but i don't think it was ever swapped out or anything it was actually like built that way um has air brakes it's 37 feet uh long about 30 feet on the inside and yeah, I think that's that's all I really know about the bus. So for air brakes, did you have to get a special license in Alberta to be able to operate that? I did, yeah. It's um, way too easy. I feel like like I'm legally allowed to drive the bus, but I don't think anyone who has just my qualifications should be legally allowed to drive a bus, but I am legally allowed to, yeah. It's like a one-day air brakes course, and I, I'm just on my regular driver license, not even... Like in Alberta, we have a graduated license and a system, and I didn't even get my graduated license. Like I'm on my first license. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I'm allowed to drive it. Yeah. And how long ago did you purchase the bus? Um, one year ago, pretty much exactly. And why a schoolie? Why, why not a van or something else? What is it that attracted you to schoolie? Yeah, vans have a lot of, lot of advantages. I also um, actually did want a van originally, um, but my husband, he is very big into music. He has, well, we probably have like 10 different instruments in the house that he's never ever gonna part with. So we have some keyboards, guitars, bass guitars, violins, um, and just assortments of different percussion instruments. And if he did not have a space to create, record, practice music he would die so schooly it was so do you plan on putting some kind of sound studio in the bus yes i do yeah 
And at what stage are you on the build at the moment if you purchased the bus a year ago? Yeah, um, so everything's really hard. It takes a lot longer than we expected. Um, but yeah, it's demoed, it's insulated, it's framed. We have the walls and ceiling up. We are now um, building out the rooms. We have the framing and some of the panelings for the rooms. The electrical's done, plumbing's done, um, the bed is done. Yeah, it's kind of just like building the, the cabinets and kitchen left. Is the intention to live in the bus? Yes. And what is it? Did you put anything in there specific for the cold Canadian winters that will help you out? Yeah, I mean, we did our best. We're not doing any of the tanks on the outside of the bus. Like, we're not going to do a gray water tank that's under the bus or anything like that because I'm afraid of the uh, the freezing and, and all that. And then we did do spray foam insulation on the inside. And then my plan is basically not to be in Alberta in the winter. That would definitely not work out, I don't think. So uh, we have a friend who's on Vancouver Island and he has his own acreage um, and we're welcome to be there. So if, you know, we can't go to the States or anything, we can be on the island and, you know, it doesn't really get below zero there. And I think that it would be totally, totally fine there. But in Alberta, no, I think we would die. <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty cold, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I was looking at a mini split. It actually goes down to minus 30. So you'd... Uh be able to stay in the bus to heat what's your source of heat in the bus right now it's nothing um i need to put one in so i'm between um like uh what are those called the cubic mini um stoves or a diesel heater i really really like those cubic mini stoves um, they're made in quebec but the waiting list for them right now is like two three months if not more uh, so i'll probably end up just getting a, a diesel heater i do have like one of those webasto heaters that came with the bus that went through the um um like the the heaters that come with the bus but they were pretty decrepit so we had to take them out mm -hmm. all right mandy so uh can you tell us a little bit about an adventure that you've had um an adventure ever could be with the bus could be with work could be with your time in japan give us an adventure um, yeah, so with the bus, we haven't really had too many adventures as we've mostly just been working on it. Um, but an adventure in general, man, my whole life is a pretty big adventure. Um, hmm, adventure in so, Japan. So why Japan then? Yeah, okay. So I'm from a really, really small town, very, very small town, like 100 people small. And um that was very, very boring for me. Um, everyone does the same thing every day. So growing up, I always thought, you know, I'm going to go do something different, something big. And yeah, so in high school, I, I got a full-time job. I saved up to go on an exchange trip to Japan. And I ended up staying at this boy's house um, in Japan. And he is now my husband. So we really liked each other and then stayed in contact. And then eventually I just moved to Japan um, for him and yeah, went to university there, went to a language school there. Yeah. Um, and the language, uh, the Japanese language, do you speak that as well? Yeah, I'm fluent. And did you, uh, study at university in Japan as well? I did. Yeah. So I went to a language prep school first to prepare for university. And then I did end up going to Meiji university in Tokyo. And did you have any Japanese experience with the language previous to 
No, no, I didn't know anything when I first went. Well, and where in Japan were you living? Um, a small town called Kamakura. It's uh, just south of Tokyo. Hmm. And while you were in Japan, did you travel around much of the uh, island or did you pretty much stay in one spot? Yeah, I mean, I tried to. I was a very, very, very poor student um, living on basically nothing. So I found all the ways to travel um, cheap or free. I found all the train stations that don't have people watching so that you don't have to pay and <laughs> all these kind of things in order to go to different places. But I wasn't able to go super, super far when I was just being a student there. But later on, you know, as I had a job and stuff, I, I have gone pretty much everywhere south of Tokyo because that's the more exciting part. If you go north, it's, there's not much there, but yeah, all the like Okinawa islands and stuff. Yeah, it's quite beautiful, huh? Yeah, it's awesome. What was the biggest culture shock for you between the comparison of Japan and Canada? Yeah, there's a lot. It's um, probably the most different culture that you can experience while still being in like a first world country. Um, very, very different. For me, the hardest, um, it's going to be maybe surprising for some people, but um, the, the work culture and the sexism in the work culture was probably the hardest thing for me. Mm -hmm. And how did you deal with that? Um, basically, I would just tell people I'm not going to do what their like expectations of me were. Um, it took me a while to figure out some of the some of the sexism. Like, um, I was working in just like a factory as a student, and it was all like men that I was working with. And then we would have break time, like our supervisors say break time and we'd come have break time and for like three months he'd say wow it'd be really nice if I had tea right now and I was like yeah like that sounds nice and he would keep saying that every day and eventually it dawned on me that um as a woman I'm supposed to be going around and giving everybody tea and then I just like did some research in it and yeah it turns out like if you're a woman in the workplace like during break time your your duty is to go make coffee make tea serve everybody and you like don't sit down um things yeah. like that yeah, so I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so you ruffled a few feathers and taught a few lessons along your way. Well, no, I mean, I don't want to like change their whole culture. I'm not I'm not there to say like, um, I'm better than you and you're doing things wrong or anything. But I would just, you know, say like, I'm a lazy foreigner and therefore I won't do that. So now during your travels, uh, whether in Japan or in Canada with the bus, uh, what's something where you've had a mishap? Um, well, it took me like a week to figure out that if you lock the back door of the bus, the key will not turn and you will not be able to start the bus. And I thought it was broken for like a whole week, but it turns out that there's just a kill switch at the back of the bus and I didn't know. So that freaked me out for a long time, pretty stressed, but that's it actually, because we haven't really taken the bus anywhere, really. You still have all your fingers and uh, no scars? Yeah, no, just a lot of bruises along the way, but everything's healed. <laughs> now, did you um, pop the rivets from the ceiling and take the ceiling down? Um, we were really, really lucky. We had screws. Mm. Yeah, we didn't even know how lucky we were until we started that. And we're like, oh, man, we are so lucky. Yeah, just screws. It was very easy to take the ceiling down. Yeah, because those panels are very heavy and awkward and... Mm -hmm. If you don't catch them right, they could slice you up pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty quick no, we lucked out. 
And what about your comfortable level with using power tools and stuff? Has that grown over time or? It's getting better, definitely. Um, I'm pretty good at basically everything, uh, but saws still kind of freak me out. But my husband is just like taking to everything so, so, so quickly. We just buy a new tool. He look, watches a YouTube video on it, and then he is able to just use it. But he's also like a painter. He's an artist. Um, so his ability to be really precise um, is really, really good. So even with the jigsaw and stuff, he's been able to cut out some really amazing pieces just without any experience. Really lucky. He definitely has to have his hands insured, I think, if he's going to keep using those saws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just cross our fingers and hope for the best. Yay, Canadian healthcare. So now with your build of the bus, um, you're working on it and going through the process. Is there anything that you would consider you should have done differently or added differently at this point? Yeah, yeah. There was one that I have a pretty big regret about. So um, in the middle of winter, it was like minus 40 and uh, we were starting the build on the inside and we tried putting heaters and stuff in um so that we could stay warm while we built but with no insulation in it just being a shell of a bus it did not hold any heat at all and it was super super cold so we're like okay the first thing we're gonna do is spray foam insulation that way we can have the heater on and we can stay warm and we can just frame after doing that probably costed us like a whole month of work because once the spray foam was in taking spray foam out of the places where like you want to frame like we wanted to frame up on the metal ribs and everything with our two by twos and in order to do that we had to cut out some of the spray foam insulation that had kind of like overflowed we did hire some guys to come do the spray foam insulation but he'd never done such a small space before and he had some hard time controlling the volume <laughs> that was coming out so it got really really thick in a lot of places and we had to cut out every single like little strip that we were going to put a frame piece and it took forever so when you do your second bus do you know the trick to that frame solution first. to that problem frame first no then... no packing tape or duct tape over the ribs oh man you're a genius no not at all but uh, <laughs> on my second bus because i did the same as you and i uh i had to go and research as well so my next bus that's what the solution will be duct tape or packing tape i think is the number one thing that people use you just blew my mind yep yep lots and lots and lots of time went into just down that foam insulation and yeah painful and did you have to make any kind of like sawing tools in order to cut it off or you at, scraped it yeah at first we were just like scraping it with like these terrible tools and then we try to get like a bread knife and we're cutting and we're just like it's going to take us our entire life and then eventually a friend was like here try this and we're very lucky um our friend gave us an oscillating tool um mm. to use and that was like i mean it's still a lot of work and just with that but it's so much easier and luckily we didn't have to spend like $300 on an oscillating tool just for that. So, so now you're deep into this build, you've mm -hmm. done the demo and you're getting ready to finish off your build. Mm -hmm. um, what's a piece of advice that you would give for folks out there that would be considering doing a schoolie or are already into building a schoolie? What's a piece of advice? Um, I don't know. I think you have to be the kind of person that I am, I guess, like, you know, that no matter what happens, like you're not going to 
give up on it. You're going to keep going at it. You're the kind of person who can just kind of push through everything. And so you have to be really, really sure that this is exactly what you want. Um, another thing is just like knowing a lot about like where are you going to park? Um, what kind of job are you going to do? And this kind of thing, like get all those other things that are around the bus kind of set up too, because I think it probably would not be a very fun experience um, to live in a bus if you were like in a stationary job or didn't know where you're going to park. Or I've found that even RV parks, like if you're going to park in an RV park, they're crazy expensive. You don't really save that much money by having a bus and being in an RV park. So, yeah. I love that you established the employment first and then went with the builds next. Yeah, yeah. I needed to know if I could swing it. And then, yeah, luckily, luckily that worked out. And was there any arm twisting for your husband, like to get him on board to do this or was he on board? Um, I'm really lucky, yeah. Um, at first I was just like showing him stuff about it and he's like, yeah, that would be really cool. That would be, be interesting for other people. But the main thing was that he didn't have any skills and I don't have any skills. And we're like, we have no idea if we can do this. And then I just told him that every information that we could ever need to know is on the internet. We're both educated. We both have degrees. We can both learn things. So we can learn things, right? You want this? I want this. Let's do it. It'll be way cheaper. And then I just like actually showed him like a spreadsheet of how much money we would spend renting versus how much money we would spend having a cool life instead. And yeah, and then he was like down for it. And ever since then, it's been easy. Now, uh, you're out of time when the price of lumber is getting pretty expensive. Is this yeah. affecting your build in any way? It's definitely affecting my build. Um, yeah, really lucky. We did all of our plywood right before it like just doubled again, like last month. So we got all of our main plywood just before that. Um, but right now, yeah, I spend a lot of time on Facebook just trying to find um, scraps from other people's renovation projects. So what do you see for the future of you and your husband and the school bus? Um, yeah, I hope to be on Vancouver Island a lot. I hope to um, go through the States a lot. And then whenever we get bored of the bus life or we want to travel anywhere else, which is a pretty big thing for me, I really like going to other countries, um, is we're planning on just Airbnb out the bus while we go to other places. So anytime we feel the need to just be somewhere else, we can just Airbnb it out and hopefully do that for a few years. Yeah. So now you're learning how to do this online with uh, social media. Are there mm -hmm. two or three people that you'd recommend other people to follow online? Um, no, I don't. I don't actually really watch uh, videos so much as I just like do a lot of deep research onto like the mechanics of how certain building techniques are done. I guess like I'm weird like that. I just I like reading more than I like watching. Um, so I just like basically spend a lot of time on Wikipedia and building websites. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and are you folks going to document or track the course of either your build or your travels? Yeah, uh, I did start a YouTube at the very beginning and we have some videos, but then my, my laptop stopped being able to edit videos without crashing. 
So um, I have a lot of footage that I just haven't made into new videos since then, but yes. And do you have an address of like where people will be able to get a hold of you to watch those videos or contact you? Yeah, the YouTube that we have is called Insteading. Um, and then on Instagram, I keep everything more up to date with pictures um, and that's underscore Insteading. All right, so what are some final words, Mandy, that you have for the folks out there? Um, I don't know. If you are tired of paying for rents and tired of the everyday boring, you know, job, um, there are other options. It doesn't have to be a schoolie, but I don't know. I think it's really important to kind of look in and think, you know, what do you really want to be doing all the time? Um, and just like go for it if you can. I know everybody can't, but um, yeah, I don't know. Going for what you actually really want in life is a really happy thing. So I recommend it. Well, let me tell you, you are a very inspirational young adult <laughs> uh, to, to take on this challenge and to uh, you and your husband to work on this with limited skills, but lots of learning opportunities. So it's pretty yeah. cool. It's been really fun. We've learned so much. Yeah. And hopefully along your travels, you'll, uh, you'll meet some people who are doing the same thing and uh, be able to connect with them and share your stories. Totally. Cool. Well, thank you very much for uh, carving out some of your day to uh, have a chat with me. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to sharing your story and bumping into you folks on the road someday traveling. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, for sure. All right, Manny, take care and uh, have a great day. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.
hope so. Yeah, for sure. All right, Manny, take care and uh, have a great day. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for carving out some time in your day to listen to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts through Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us through our website, acanadianschoolie.ca, or follow us on Instagram and YouTube under A Canadian Schoolie. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to one another.